0: You're listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we firmly believe that love is the answer and we are spreading it like wildfire. You're invited to come spend time with us in authentic connection, growth, reflection, and celebration. Life coach, author, and speaker Abigail Gazda will be sharing amazing humans living their hearts unleashed to inspire you to do the same. You will hear from men, women, and young people from all industries sharing their insights and inspiration as they have paved their way to their fullest lives. Here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. So if you are ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, You are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda.
1: Welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I have brought you another doer to listen to, to be inspired by, and to take something from into your own life. So I would love to introduce to you John Canada, a transformational life coach. For th- He is 30. 31 years clean and sober, and we're going to dive into a conversation about that today because it's just, he's got a wonderful story. He's a father of one, a grandfather of two, and he has completed the Landmark Curriculum for Living originally in 1999 and has completed it four times over Now, for those of you who do the Landmark curriculum or participate in that curriculum, that is just quite the feat. He is also an introduction leader, an introduction leader coach, and a former staff member of Landmark. And so he's really just all over the board, and he lives to make a difference and be a contribution. So in reality, he's really Oh, just walking around ready to wake people up and wake them up to their nutrition, to their sobriety, to their health and wellness. And beyond all of that, like wake them up to everything that's possible. And I met John a while back and he really just blew me away with his language. He has this very profound, very... um, what you, you said it earlier, John, or like in a call before, is like very direct, very clear, very tell you like it is. And it's just so beautiful because I believe that truly makes a difference with people, especially when you're showing them the transformation and what's possible with transformation. So welcome to the show. Thank you for being here.
2: Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. I tracked you down. You know that, don't you? Yes, yes. I saw one of your broadcasts on Facebook and I was like, I love this lady and I'm going to call her up and tell her. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I, I know, know that you're up to some stuff. So my, my thing is yeah. like, okay, tell me more about what you're up to and what what can I help, what can I contribute to have you get that? So, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's worked out ever since. It's really beautiful because, um, you know... on top of what you just shared, like I have this go on every so often is is people will reach out and say like, how can, like, you're up to amazing stuff. This is wonderful. How can I help you? And I, it's so beautiful. So thank you for being one of those people because it's not a common question in the world. And I want to bring this to our listeners. The question, how can I support you? and just really have people think about, when was the last time you were asked that? <laughs> uh, it's a very unique question. And John does live a life where he's asking people that on a regular basis. And I just think it makes all the difference. So what sort of impact, what sort of things have people asked for you for in support?
2: Well, I mean, we all have areas of life that aren't working or aren't working as well as we'd like them to. And you know and just casual conversations with people you can hear it going on in the background right like i had a lady come over to the house and she you know we were talking business she came over about you know the network marketing company that i'm in we're standing in the kitchen having a conversation and a cup of coffee and she started talking about her kids and what was wrong with her kids and then she started talking to me about her marriage and what was wrong with her husband. And and then I just kind of stopped her. And I was like, excuse me, but you have no idea who you're complaining to. (laughs) And she's like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I said, I'm a transformational life coach. You can't say that stuff to me.
1: (laughs) And get away with it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, here she is. I never met her before. She's trying to enroll me that her kids are a problem and her husband's a problem. I don't even know her. And so what she's trying to do is she's trying to create agreement. And I said, like, look, you just don't want to be responsible for making a difference in your kid's life or your marriage. And, you know, I'm not enrollable in there. The problem, you know, totally. If I don't know you and you're having that conversation with me, obviously, you know. I mean, you get the connection, right?
1: Yeah, you know, and it's really it's amazing because I want to. Um, I love. I like I said in the beginning of this of this interview is you speak a different language, and I it's perfect because I hear it. But I'm going to do some translating for our listeners here for a second because enrollable and creating agreement those are two things that are common, and you you've got it down, Pat. Now, listeners, I want you to like consider a conversation in your own life where let's say you're sitting with your friend on the couch or you're talking to your mom or your grandma and it's all, it's like either it's a gossip conversation or a complaint conversation. And you guys are in agreement with each other that something life is tough or this is the way that it is. And that's what John is pointing to is this woman's sharing Oh, my kids are this way. My husband's this way. My marriage and my parenthood is this way. And normally when we don't listen past the complaint, all we do is hear the complaint and agree with it. And so John being like, thanks for bringing that to this call, because I think that we like without the education of communication, we might not ever even know that that's happening to us. So I would lo- I love providing our listeners this information because you don't have to actually agree with people's complaints. You can get them and hear them out yet not allow them to continue to be a victim of that. So go I didn't mean to interrupt but go right ahead.
2: <laughs> no, no, it's it's really cool that, that that you picked up on that, right? I mean, I speak fluent transformation right and it gives you access to something else just like a a doctor has the distinctions of the body Mm -hmm. if we cut you open and the doctor looks at you he can see things that you and I can't see
1: yeah
2: right just like a mechanic if you lift the hood up on the car (laughs) he can see things in under the hood that you and I can't even see I don't know what that thing is right great analogy there yeah, I mean, we just—I have—I speak fluent transformation, which is, you know, the, it's ontology; it's the science and the study of being human.
0: Yes. And we don't look
2: there, and we don't get it in school. So basically, we got this operating system that's running us, and we don't even know it's running us.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: And we'll get into more of that in a sec. I'm sure, but I just what I think is is cool and unique number one, that you picked up on it, like you heard the words that, I say it so much I don't even think anymore that people won't know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> not only that, but what you got, what people are going to hear or not hear, just that whole conversation. Well, when you are talking about sitting on the couch with your friends and complaints and stuff, What people need to see, and it's undistinguished, is that the people that they have in their life agree with their complaints.
1: Yes, yes,
2: yes. It's all agreement, right? If people don't agree with your complaints, they're not your friends. That's what keeps your complaints in place, is agreement. Mm -hmm. you got all these people around you, and, you know, it's like this lady when she was talking about her husband. I said, you're married to this man. You have an agreement to love, honor, and cherish. And you're over in my kitchen complaining about him. So you're breaking your wedding vows right now. I suggest you go home and clean it up. We don't hear that stuff running. It just runs us, right? Mm-hmm. And it destroys relationships
1: yeah. thanks for bringing that because i'm sure we you know whether it is an actual relationship breakdown that our listeners are dealing with or um you know i talk a lot to entrepreneurs or anybody who has a dream that's willing to chase it and if you you I love the quote. it always comes up that you are like the five most people you hang out with, right? So if those five people agree that entrepreneurship's tough or they agree that the way to make a living is to work a nine to five if the, if everyone's in agreement, then that's the reality now I'm in the business or like I'm very committed to break up the agreed upon reality. I have a huge commitment to that because I genuinely mean it when I say that you can do whatever you want. Life can look exactly how you say so. However, you have to like stop seeking the agreement that it's gonna stay one or it will only go one way. So a common question that I ask people is, what are you staying right about? Right. So, like with this woman in your kitchen, she's staying right that her kids are this way, her husband's this way, her marriage is this way. And when I'm, you know, when I'm having most conversations, especially with clients, right, they're saying, oh, I can't because blah, blah, blah. So, okay, you're staying right that it's tough to go outside your comfort zone. Or whatever that may be. So what have you in your like maybe in your past life, some things that you've given up where you caught yourself staying right about the way that it is? You had your complaint or agreement reality and you had to give that up in order to like get a get your greater life or your fullest self?
2: The big one the big one would be my relationship with my father. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, my father was very physically abusive both towards me and my brother and my mother, you know, and I watched that I grew up in one of those homes. Yeah. Um, and so when I was 17, 18 years old, when I was big enough, if you will, um, that I said, you know, my father's not going to hit me anymore. Um, my parents were moving to Phoenix, Arizona, where I live now. And, this was in Indiana and I moved to Boston. So I put a country between us. Right. And then when I was up in Boston, like all my relationships were in Boston and, you know, that's when I was getting sober and all this stuff. It was, it was about what my father did to me and how wrong it was. And like, he should be like all this stuff. Right. And, uh, and I created a whole world of people who hated my dad and they never even met him before. Yes. You know, around the holidays, come on over to our house for Christmas. We know you got no place to go. Right. I mean, I had new England in, in my story, if you will. Yeah. And I, you know, and then I was sitting in the landmark forum and the landmark forum leader was working with a guy at the microphone who hadn't talked to his father in 20 years like myself. And He looked at him and he said, well, what you're doing is you're withholding your love to punish him for something that happened 20-some years ago. You don't even know your father. I suggest you call him up at the break and apologize and tell him you've been a jerk. And I was like, whoa, what a rude thing to say to another human being. Because I spent my whole life having people pat me on the back and say, it's okay. Accept the things you can't change. The courage to change the things you can't. And what I got was somebody who gave me access to something I couldn't see, which I was doing that. My dad didn't know his granddaughter, right? I hadn't talked to him in 20 years. My mom, you know, and, you know, I got off of it. I called home and I said, look, I've been a jerk. I'm withholding my love to punish you. And my mom said, "We know, <laughs> I said, well, do you forgive me? And she said, like the father's love, we've just been waiting for you to come home. uh." And then I had that conversation with my dad and, you know, the thing that, you know, I said on my branch of the family tree, it's over like the violence and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And what I got out of my landmark forum was I was the one that God sent to heal the tree.
1: Mm.
2: Mm. And I've done that like different, different family. Right. And you know, my, my father, my father died a couple weeks ago. Oh. Um, and, but you know, it was, it was a different, it was a different funeral. It was a different everything because the family, we had healed the family. We had had conversations about everything we needed to have and there was love. There wasn't all this story and bickering and, and what was the word that you used? Um, those conversations that we have gossip yeah gossip just just rips things up
1: yeah wow well first off john thank you for sharing that it's that it's vulnerable it's not necessarily something that everybody's that open or interested in sharing and i just appreciate your your authenticity with that because i can only imagine how many people listening as have had that experience or something similar enough to really relate to that. Mm-hmm. So thank you because what I heard that you were staying right about was that you, you were a victim, a victim of domestic abuse of growing up in an abusive dysfunctional home and, and you had new England in agreement with you and it is so profound. My, I have so much gratitude that you shared this story because I, I could, I could cry every night about the idea that people like never make those reconciliations with the people that have caused their pain, their hurt, or their suffering. And when we think that, like you said, I'm just my, I'm, handling my branch of this tree like screw you guys like you can chop me off I'll have my I'll have my way over here but in reality that doesn't actually cause any healing it's that resentment like you said withholding love we think that if we cut someone off that fixes it and that's not necessarily the case and there can be healing and you confronted it and wow About you saying, Hey, I was being a jerk, I'm withholding love. We, because we, when we stay right about being a victim and that that person caused us harm and hurt and pain and suffering, like we can always hold that against them. But you took responsibility for withholding your love, and your parents were literally just standing there waiting open armed. Like, and the healing process got to begin. Like,
2: well, that's. I gotta like time out. Like, just super good point right now. You can. People want to be right, right, and and you know it's it's like you know in my coaching it's like okay you're right, you're right, they're wrong. You're right. So what? So what? You're right, right? And, I mean, you get this. It's like you want to be right, or do you want to make a difference, right? Hold
1: on, say that again. <laughs> Do you, wanna you right, want to
2: be, you wanna, you wanna be right, or do you want? You want to be right, or you want to make a difference? You yes. can't be both.
1: Yeah. Another said another way is um, you can be right or you can have your way. Because like right. Being right is not getting your way. You you're right, but then like things aren't going the way you want them.
2: It right
1: and it doesn't make a difference.
2: Oh, nope. What? That's what we have war. That's why we have war because somebody's right and the other person's wrong and. And I'm going to puff my chest out, and eventually I'm going to drop bombs on you. And I'll show you how right I am, right? Because i got bigger bombs.
1: Exactly. And it really doesn't make a difference, and it causes the breakdown. And this this is such a foundational conversation, and it's really what the Hearts Unleashed podcast is truly based on, is that if we were all being our greatness – if we were all living our heart unleashed and we were all a full expression of love, like there isn't that room for being right and, and then proving each other wrong and winning some game that nobody wins at. And so I'm just so grateful for you bringing this conversation to the, to the show. It's amazing. Awesome. And from that, you are also very committed to empowering people through their struggles in sobriety. And you, like you had your own journey. I would love for you to share some of that because you generated a whole nother 12 steps and I'm going to let you share the the process and and the, and the end game there, but give us a little bit of background about that.
2: Well, I got clean and sober up in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, in uh, in a city called Brockton, which is the hood, which is an odd place to get clean and sober, but that's where I did. That's when God said, "You come with me." Um, and anyway, so you know, that's why I started my recovery journey, and I'm 31 years clean and sober, and I've not used not once, right? So. To find somebody with 30-some years who's never relapsed, you know, I'm like Bigfoot. I mean, we're walking around, but you don't see very many of us, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying good. I'm just saying I've done that. And and um, I'll be forever grateful for Alcoholics Anonymous, and I'll be ever for, grateful for Narcotics Anonymous. And, you know, I've been to tons of meetings, tons of steps, area of service, sponsorship speaking in prison, like all that stuff. I did all the stuff I needed to do in order to stay clean. Right. And to learn um, and to begin to let people in. And then, um, you know, but I always had this thought in my, you know, cause in 12 step programs, there's this saying that people who don't go to meetings don't know what happens to people who don't go to meetings, which means if you don't go to meetings, you're not going to come back. Right. You're going to, relapse or die or whatever, but I always thought to myself, there's more to life than living in church basements, you know, because I went to meetings every night for years, sometimes two a day if I could. I mean, I was that desperate to stay clean, right? Anyway, um, so, but, you know, I just had that feeling inside. There's There's something else besides doing this the rest of my life. And then I did the Landmark Forum, right? And then I did the Curriculum for Living. And what I discovered was, um, was how, uh, how, I don't even know how to say it, how is it that we become who we are, right? Um, And I mean, if you grow up in in a Catholic home, you're gonna be Catholic, right? If you grow up in a Jewish home, you're gonna be Jewish, right? If you grow up in whatever, That's the environment that you're growing up in. And the odds are that's what you're going to become. But all it is, you know, it's just a conversation about what your future is that was not given to you by you. Right? It was given to you by your parents or society or whatever the case may be. And there was a future that was given to me when I said, hi, my name's John. I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict. Right there, there's a future that goes with it, that all of these programs and books and the basic text and, you know, the the different books that you get and you read them. And then everything that's in there is now what's possible for you in your life based on what's in the book. And, and what I got when I did the Landmark Forum was they made all that up a bunch of guys got together and made it up and we said like pluto is a planet it's got to be true you know my whole life i grew up pluto was a planet and a bunch of scientists got together and said no it's not and i will never forget right we will never forget what a what a great statement that is um and you know we are told what things are real and what things are not real and they're all made up yes. by somebody <laughs> yes. who thinks that they know. So anyway, that's kind of roundabout way. And when I did the Landmark form, I said to myself, I'm not saying it's not true. I'm saying there's something else possible that they can't see.
1: Right, right. So
2: we created, I created, came up with the idea when I was in the shower, I just had this thought called 12moresteps.com. Like, how can I create something that'll make a difference that doesn't make everything else wrong, that actually fits like an extension, right? And I called my buddy up with, you know, we had an enormous amount of clean time and I, and I said, 12moresteps.com. And we'd been thinking about this for a while because he's a, you know, Attic landmark grad too. And he said, that's it. He knew when he heard the words, that was it. So I said, okay, we're going to do this thing. And it just, it was like a song that needed to be sung. Uh And I I had to sing it, right? Like you see these people on The Voice or, you know, these shows on TV. You know, you see a 15-year-old girl with this ultimate voice. She can't work at McDonald's. She has to sing, right? Working at McDonald's is over for this 15-year-old. She's got to sing now. And it's like, that was like what Landmark did. It just said, you got to sing. And there's been different avenues or different songs that I've sung since 1999, but they've been something that's inside of me that's got to come out. I, you can't even explain that stuff. Either you know it and you feel it, or you're ignoring it because everybody's got it. Yeah. You know, that's like sidebar, right? I mean, that's what you're talking about. I just want to wake people up. You're asleep.
1: (laughs) Hello there. Wake up.
2: (laughs) It's like the movie The Matrix, right? The Matrix was a landmark education SELP project. Everybody's in The Matrix. Nobody knows it. And a few of them got woke up. And now they're going to let everybody else know that they're in a computer program that's not real.
1: Yeah, and you know, I definitely want to jump in with you because I can't tell you how many times I say it to clients. Like, there's there's two things I love to say. One is, there are no words more powerful than your own out loud. When, I am. Yeah, when you hear yourself and when you actualize yourself outside of you and you, you discover who you are, it's like, and and the you know, red or blue it, uh, is you can't unhear yourself. You can't undiscover yourself. You can't unlearn those things. And we try. So like we, the younger versions of us, like we had all these ambitions and we're very passionate and then life happens and we become some layer, some flavor of jaded. And we have all these, all this evidence about why life doesn't work and why we can't be who we really are. And I love the question that you asked is like, how do we become who we are? We've had so many different things, so much past based stuff that begins to shape and define and refine and dictate who we end up as. But I did hear this in a landmark course. I want to say it was the advanced course, but it's you are not who you ended up being. And it
2: broke my world. You're not who you wound up being.
1: Yes. It's so profound because like I had to sit there and think about it and I'm hearts. Listen again. You are not who you wound up being like the most authentic and genuine and like fullest version of you is in there way in there. And then life has been happening to you. Like consider, I love this concept is consider the same exact you was born in a different country like the, the, who you are in this moment, listening to this podcast, you were born in a different country. So you actually speak a different language. You had maybe the same, let's say there, you even have the same parents, but they were in a different country. Like you have now a different culture, a different mindset, a different agreement reality, which is what we've been talking about this whole show. And I think the full circle-ness of this conversation is just beautiful. And then John, I want to tap back into what you were sharing about the 12 steps, because the agreement reality that we all have this problem, like to keep going. The, I love your idea of the 12 more steps because what is there beyond the 12 steps of saying like, yes, I, hi, I'm, I'm John and I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict, like that, that creating that agreement reality, then like you said, creates what's possible for you in your future. But right. I want to acknowledge that you generated a whole new conversation and begin to generate a new possibility.
2: Right. Exactly. Can I read you something that, that's on the front of the site? Yeah. That's just awesome. And this will create a context. Sure. Um, and it's by Buckminster Fuller. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's a big thought guy, right? Um, It says, you you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete.
1: Mm. Right? Yes.
2: It's like, you know, what the cell phones did to pay phones.
1: (laughs) Yes. And... Well, that's a great analogy because there's nothing wrong with the old way. I think that's what I really want people to get that about themselves, their past, their mistakes, their people, their relationships. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with the payphone. It worked. And it became obsolete when we tapped into more possibility. Go ahead. Sorry. I,
2: I love it. it. Yeah. The the cell phone industry spent zero time trying to convince you that pay phones are bad, (laughs) right? Yes. You know, I love and I'll be forever grateful that the 12-step programs that are out there are out there because they saved my life, right? However, there's something else possible that that people are blind to. They just can't see it. And, you know, you're back to you know, waking people
1: up again. So yeah. You know. Well, and waking people up that there is more so that you can level up. Cause that's what I'm hearing become like, come to the surface of this conversation is leveling up. Um, what, where you were was fine. It's again, the same thing as the five people you hang out with doing the, doing that way of life is fine. And then you notice naturally guys, naturally we grow. Change is the only thing that is consistent in this world. And like, so the thing that you can actually expect is that change will naturally occur. So there's a natural inclination to level up or transform and evolve. And there's nothing wrong with moving on.
2: Right. Well, it's, it's our resistance to that that causes the problems in our lives. Yes. Yeah. Right? We just we try and find some safe, secure place where we don't have to feel any highs or lows or ups or downs or anything, and we want to stay right there. So yeah. we don't get a good job, get a good education, yeah. and buy a house, right? Um, like that whole thing that we all bought into, and now we're slaves to debt. But, you know, I, I think the, one of the biggest things, and you know you and i both know that there were so many huge things when we did the landmark forum one of the biggest things that i got was there's nothing wrong with me i'm whole perfect and complete and there's barriers to the expression of that but what i got was i wasn't broke i didn't need to be fixed okay and i had spent This was, let's see, I got clean in 87, I did the landmark form in 99, so 12 years of recovery, going to meetings and stuff, and life wasn't working. There were areas of my life that weren't working. I wasn't using, and that was good, and it gave me opportunities, but there wasn't any velocity. It was just more meaning, right? Mm -hmm. And And it was like I kept going to meetings and working the steps and getting a sponsor and doing a four-step and like all this stuff because I was trying to fix myself. If I could just find that one thing that's in me and kill it, yep. then I can get on with my life. And what I got was there's nothing there. There's nothing wrong. And it it's like one of the things that landmark did it it connected me with God too. It's not landmark's not a God program, but it certainly connected me with God. And you know, especially in the advanced course for the first time in my life, I actually understood what the Bible was trying to say. You know, not what everybody was telling me that it said, but what it said, right? It was always somebody else's interpretation, you know. And like I have like Christian people who who swear by the whole Bible thing. I'm mean, anything wrong with that. That's just their view and it's very, very strict view but then they talk about themselves like they're bad or wrong or sinners or whatever the case may be. And I I'm like the Bible says you're made in the image of God. You're made in the image of God. So either you believe that or you believe this, but there's something ain't right here because right. you can't have both. You yeah. can't have both. So what I got was I'm made in the image of God. I'm whole, perfect, and complete. And, the most powerful thing that I got was everything's created in language. I mean, yeah. that's what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Well, and, yeah. you know, I really want to, I, I have so much, or I disagree with you so much because I too, in that, in my landmark form, I did it much, much later, but I saw how I was staying right, that I'm broken as well. Like, that I was, I saw how many efforts I had made previously to fix what I thought was wrong with me. And what I always thought was wrong with me was like I was unlovable. And because of that, I felt annoying or like I was too much or anything like that. And I was really, again, trying to find that broken piece of me, fix it or eliminate it. And then, then I'll be better. Then I can love me. Then I can have my life. And that's just not true. So like you said, I, wanted to, I tapped right in there because creating it in language is number one, giving up that you actually think there's anything wrong with you and in whatever flavor you have, but then speaking that you are great that you are perfect, that you are whole and complete. Your language dictates your reality. So when you can declare that things are okay, even in a breakdown, right? Like someone can pass on, your house can burn down, you can lose your job, you can, all sorts of incredible, amazing things can happen and you can still declare, like speak true that you're okay and it will be okay. And I think- when you get that power for yourself, like move out of the way.
2: <laughs> right. And we, it, and it started when, when we were little, when our parents said things to us, right. Yeah. about us. It's like, there's a lady on the train and she's there with her three kids. And you say, Oh, your kids are awesome. They're beautiful. They're so well-behaved. And she says, yeah, but this one never sits still. This one never shuts up. And this one cries all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a couple minutes later, what are they doing?
1: You see it. They speak it.
2: Right. And, you know, for me, I, for 12 years, I said, Hey, you know, my name's John, I'm an addict. Right. And, and I like, I don't even like saying it about myself.
1: Yeah.
2: I don't even like to say the words anymore. You know, now what I say is I'm a superhero that's been sent by the universe to make a difference on the planet. Around me, people win, and you have to deal with me.
1: (laughs) I'll take that one.
2: People are like blown away when you say that. They want to be able to say that about themselves.
1: Oh, yeah. Whatever you
2: said, I can't repeat what you just said, but I want to be able to do what you just did.
1: Yes, and I'll show up at... Sorry, go ahead, go ahead.
2: No, 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 it's just really cool, like the response that I get. I just, you know, again, I have those intrusion conversations when I can hear something and it's Shakespeare to thine own self be true. And I look at people and I'll say the future that you're living into is not big enough to support who you are and it's killing you. And you know that, you know that nobody I've ever said that to has ever disagreed. It went right through their heart when I said that I said, when you're alone at night, you know that there's something for you to say that's not getting said. I don't know what that is. I ain't even trying to tell you what to say. But there's something that only you can say that will not get said unless you say it. That's what you're here for. Not to say what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, and it's, oh, it's just so beautiful because you're right when, like, or you're just spot on that people can't deny it. They feel it. You just shined a light beam on it. (laughs) And so it it, it is a knowing. It's such a knowing. And sometimes it exists behind our sight. But when you bring that, when you shine that light on it and you do bring it into language and you put some words to it, it makes all the sense. And I love that because when I love working with people and they do discover it because they've been feeling it. It's like walking around in a dark room. I may have said this on the podcast before, but it's like walking around in a dark room and with the lights off and you know, there's a couch in there and you know, there's an end table and a, and a, and a this and a that. And then all it takes is flipping the light switch on to see the whole room and everything about it. And that is those, are, there's rooms in your heart that you haven't flipped the light switch on yet. And the invitation always is to continue to discover who you are. And I love that you brought to this conversation that you can just choose to speak that true. What you were saying about I'm a superhero, like I show up and I declare, hi, I'm Abigail and who I am is the possibility of hearts unleashed. And immediately Mm -hmm. people, I can see their gears in their mind and I can see their eyes searching for like, wow, hearts unleashed. Like, what's that like? What, what are you even referencing? You know? And it's, it starts a new conversation. It doesn't cast a limiting belief or shadow or insecurity. It, it shines possibility.
2: Yeah. It's amazing stuff. And it's all, it's all language. It's all how we speak to people. And I think it was, you already said it, you know, it's those words that you're speaking about yourself. Mm -hmm. Especially when you speak them out loud. Yeah. You know, I I hear people like talking about themselves and I just cringe and I just like, oh, God, would you just stop saying that? If you would stop saying it, it'll disappear. It only exists in language, not in reality.
1: Yeah. I think that's a great place. Like I really love, I love talking to you. I also love talking to the listeners mid conversation because this whole thing is for them, right? It's, it's for us and it's to continue to unleash hearts. And like you guys catch yourselves talking shit about yourselves. Like I don't, I'm not going to be censored about this. Catch yourself limiting yourself and degrading yourself and literally hating and loathing I mean, behind closed doors, you may, you know, you may say it's, that's not the case, or you may wish that's not the case, but what are you saying to yourself, keeping you where you are and don't do anything with it. Don't fix it. Just give it up.
2: Number one, you've got to listen and you got to start to hear it. It's like a dog whistle. Yeah. You know, I can hear the dog whistle. You can't hear the dog whistle. So therefore I can do something about it. You just haven't heard the dog whistle yet so anyway that's That's, an opportunity for me to coach at that point
1: yeah and that's a great analogy about like sometimes it does require the reflection of someone else because there's plenty of times I'm like do you do you know you do that or do you know that you say that and they'll say oh no but then it becomes so obvious you know and you can't unlearn or unhear those things and so you guys just start to notice what do you say about yourself in conversation with others, and and get responsible for that conversation, and begin to shift it.
2: And get around some people who say nice things about you too, and listen to you big.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, they will. And so, speaking of listening to people big, you know what I I really want to know: what legacy are you here to leave?
2: A beautiful, wonderful daughter. And that is done, right? Um, And, you know, I just want people to say, I met John Canada and my life changed.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And when you reach all these people and you help them transform their life and you create that difference, what's the ripple effect?
2: I was at a landmark event and there was several hundred people in the room and this guy came up to me He didn't know me very well. And he just came up to me and he's like, who are you? Like, do you get everybody here knows who you are and they love you? And he said, you don't get that, do you? They know who you are and they love you. That's, you know, I would just. Yeah. You can't smoke that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. So who you are is love. I believe that.
2: Loving people, waking people up, making a difference. Yes. And, and then at any given point in time, I can be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I can clean it up and, and create something new. You know, th- the best way to make a difference with people is to tell them my own stuff, to share with them. You know, because I will look at people and I say, like, look, you got to get this. I'm a ruthless, judgmental bastard acting like I'm nice. Perfect. And again, people see themselves in that comment. Yep. The only way, the only way that I can get people to see things is share about how I see them in myself. And I, you know, I'm always telling stories and stuff like that. But I'm trying to get people to see something rather than just say, hey your xyz right and yeah. you don't know but anyway
1: i love that and you know i i completely agree because i've had it reflected to me that my vulnerability inspires plenty of others vulnerabilities so i totally see that my like my greatness acknowledges your greatness i see that because we we are truly creating permission to be for others and it's it's an impact that people don't have present to themselves in the world like it's not something that's totally common out there we're all putting up the facade part right like on the judgmental asshole <laughs> that's who wow. most people meet and so i would love cuz i have like a, a, a another one more question is just what would what do you want to leave people with who are still with dealing with the facade part like what a piece of advice or tip or awakening message do you want to give these people as they're dealing with that growth?
2: Again, I'll share my thing. Back in Boston, I was um, one of the top guys in a network marketing company, and I was speaking at a meeting. And, you know, in, in network marketing, we're always we're trying to create some facade so people think we're a certain way, right? right? Like we got it all going on. And in my recovery and working with my sponsor and stuff like that, I was dealing with this thing, if you will, that I saw in myself where I was a fraud. I was trying to get people to think like I was this cardboard human being over here, and I didn't want them to look behind and see me. I didn't want to get caught, right? And so I'd done all these motivational Anthony Robbins and like all these different things, personal development stuff, Anyway, didn't impact that, but um, so, and everybody kept telling me, go do the landmark forum in my business, because they were all these people in my business all doing the landmark forum, and they had all these language that I thought was cool. I didn't understand it, but it gave them velocity, and this one girl walked up to me right when I'm in, I just think I just was talking to my sponsor that afternoon about that issue specifically, about being a fraud and stuff. And this girl walks up to me at the meeting, says, you're a real nice guy, but you lie to everybody all the time. You should do the landmark form, You know, like the universe, like sent this lady. I remember who it was. it was, her name was Judy Ols. I said, okay, like there's a lot of different ways to get there. Somebody can work with you and start to discover stuff or work with me, start to discover stuff. There's a lot of different ways to get there. I think the most effective, fastest way to get there is to do the landmark form. If I have any advice for anybody, it's go do the landmark form. <laughs> I then, love it. I'm not. I've registered 232 people in the landmark form, and I got zero commission.
1: Right. But right.
2: They got possibility. Right. Um, and. You know, I mean, that's one of the biggest accomplishments in my life is registering 232 people in Landmark Forum. It's amazing. Landmark Forum leader said, how do you know that number? And I said, well, every time I register somebody, I add one. (laughs) Well, that makes sense. (laughs) You You just know that number. But, you know, I just, I tell people, I mean, you were talking about change, and that word change makes me cringe inside. Yeah right um you know it's 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 a it's landmark doesn't deal in change you know let it be type of thing what they deal with is is transformation right where you there's something in your blind spot that you can't see and once you see it you can now not not see it but you have a breakthrough because it opens up a whole world of possibility yeah um and you know, so they work in the world of ontological transformation. You can look the words up if you want. But yeah. um, I tell people this: if they put transformation on pizza, I'd be working at Domino's. <laughs> yes.
1: They
2: they don't they don't serve it.
1: Yeah. You can't,
2: no. you can't get it there. The only place you can get what it is that we're talking about is landmarkworldwide.com.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. Right? Well, that and like. I always, I'm constantly sharing that I am very rigorous about the difference between change and transformation as well. And, you know, when I hear my clients or, you know, if I have any opportunity to make a difference with someone for that, it's, it's huge because change is a diet. Change is that conversation we just had about fixing ourselves and there is no fixing. So change is temporary and not very fulfilling. Transformation is the uh, uh, choice of like a healthy lifestyle seeing being whole complete and just like literally loving yourself so much that of course you would take care of yourself of course you would treat yourself with love and respect and affinity so to transform is to like you you've been saying this whole time is to awaken to awaken to the greatness that you are and honor it and then follow through on that call because we we then realize oh my god i am divine I am divine, and I am meant. I'm here to make a difference and leave a legacy and and create an impact. You, by way of discovering that, you you just transform. You don't even choose it. You can't look back. You could try, right. and it will keep you awake at night.
2: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Again, that's one of the things you know. When I'm looking at people, and I say that the future that you're living into is not big enough to support who you are. Yeah. And I, it's like Shakespeare's, "To thine own self be true." Yeah, that's where it all is, you know. And and for me, coaching the introduction leader program at Landmark and and those things, like what I try and get the introduction leader program participants to see, okay. is there's that moment in time when you're with somebody and you hear something. There's something, and there's something for you to say. Yeah. And you don't. Yes. And then who you are is diminished. And then you sit there, and the rest of the day you're like, oh, man, I should have said something. Mm -hmm. What a wuss. You know, and then now you start talking bad about yourself, right? And it's – but it's it's a muscle. It's a muscle that needs to be developed just like anybody else. Yes. Anything else. But you start to be able to – hear it and it's like my whole life I've known that there were things that I was supposed to say but I was too scared to say them yes and then then you take that leap of faith and you just say them and you take what you get but I don't I've never had literally I zero people you know I'll see them a week a year later whatever the case may be and they'll say you know I really wanted you to tell you go go to hell when you said what you said to me yeah right but the reason I wanted to say that because I knew it was true yeah and it's the way that we have to deflect that and and I just want to let you know that I had a breakthrough in that area because you said that and I want to thank you for that yeah I mean
1: yeah anyway
2: it's that stuff
1: And it's, it's perfect. And I'd love to teach the listeners a a chance at exercising that I call it, see something, say something, Mm. see something, say something, your spidey senses start tingling. You feel awkward, you get triggered, you feel hot. It's because you know, there's something for you to say. And you know, it took me, I mean it when I say like maybe a full year or longer to truly in that quick see something and say something because I would, like you said, in my past, you could see it, but then you'd walk away, not saying it. Now you're diminished and you start to judge and you have all your own conversations. So I got better each mic by the month, let's say. And so I would see it, I'd see it and I'd like, be in it, but I still wasn't saying anything because I was scared of the impact. I was scared of offending. I was, you know, I didn't want to lose that person. So I still wasn't saying anything. And, but I would go back to my life, judge myself, be upset. Then I started practicing going back to that person and saying the thing. And it started, I saw the difference it was making. So the more I did that, the less that time frame in the middle got to where now, see something, say something. Oh, oh, hey, I see something. May I say
0: something to you? I
1: literally will say it mid-conversation.
2: Right. And the going back thing to people, right, and saying something, when I go back, because I still do it, right, but I know that I'm doing it, right? I mean, it's... I'm awake, but yeah. then I have to go back and the way that I say something is I'm like, look, I got to apologize. Yeah, right. There was something that you yeah. said the other day which clicked inside of me or whatever. I heard something and I didn't say anything to you about it because I want you to like me. Yes, and and. One thing that I get friends don't always say the things to friends that they need to hear or want to hear it, something that they need to hear. It. And it's always me going to them and cleaning it up, like apologizing, not just like, hey, I didn't say something, I'm going to say it now. There's just like, I wasn't me for you. And I just need to get that complete.
1: That is said so beautifully. And I I really think, I actually believe we could probably have not a podcast, but like a movie. Um, So I just want to go ahead and begin to wrap this up because this is an amazing and profound conversation. And you guys, if you are more interested in hearing about the landmark forum, more interested in hearing um, 12 more steps, right? It's 12moresteps.com. Yeah. Yeah. Feel free to reach out to John or myself. You guys, this is, if you can't tell yet, I am in all my glory. I love having transformational ontological possibility conversations with other huge hearts. And John, I want to acknowledge you for bringing this language and this conversation and this possibility to our listeners, because it's you you are a stand for landmark so boldly and so fiercely and I love it because it has taken me a very long time to learn to love to share my growth in that process and you are a fearless leader and a bold light so thank you for who you are
2: well thank you and I got to speak in your listening so if it wasn't for you none of this would have happened right
1: Amen. Because you said
2: something on Facebook. I'm like, I gotta find that lady. She's awesome. Right? <laughs>
1: Thank you. And so something where like else because you're on Facebook, where else can our listeners find you?
2: They can friend me on John Canada. It's J-O-H-N and then C A N I D A. C A N I D A. And you we know, all come up and well, you'll know it's me. <laughs> awesome. You can tell by my Facebook page, but um, and I'm a you know, bunch of other places too, but if you go and check out 12moresteps.com and, and, uh, you know, I, I, wasn't even, it wasn't even about promoting that necessarily, you know, I mean, that's, that's where we went. It's kind of weird because I think we had a lot of other things we wanted to talk about that we didn't get to.
1: I know. Maybe we'll have a part two because I totally agree. And, you know, it's just I always let these conversations go where they go. And it's so beautiful because uh, what I know is that obviously it was perfect, but I really feel like we covered some conversations that, number one, have never been covered in the podcast and also that I can only imagine the people that you impacted today. And it, it just means the world to me because I know that whatever message came out is exactly what needed to be heard by whoever's going to hear it. so thank you for bringing all yeah. your
2: heart right. you're very welcome. and you know I just want to invite people to get in communication. If you heard something that resonates, there's no coincidence that you're watching this video. yeah, right? Like when I saw you on Facebook the other day, I mean that was the universe sending you to me. Yeah. And, and I knew it, and I'm like, take action, right? And then I just called you, and here we are. So if there's people out there that have that thought, then get in communication, you know? I'll give them my phone number. I, I You know, I don't care. Shop never closes.
1: Yeah, it's perfect. So thank you, and thank you for being open. <laughs> thank yeah. you for living your heart unleashed, and thank you for making a difference in this
2: world. You're very welcome. I love you.
1: I love you too. And we love you, Hearts. Thank you for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are always transforming from dreaming to doing.
0: The Hearts Unleashed podcast is proudly supported by I'm Hearing Stories, an audiobook publisher and producer. Audiobooks are a fun, entertaining, and leading-edge way to break into new markets and spread your story like a wildfire. If you're an author, coach, speaker, or entrepreneur, it can exponentially enhance your credibility in your field and make you quickly relatable. Okay, so good news. I'm Hearing Stories has helped authors like our Hearts Unleashed creator, Abigail Gazda, turn that dream into a reality, and they can help you too. With I'm Hearing Stories, you get expert guidance to walk you through the murky waters of this process. So here's your inspired action. Click the link below or go to imhearingstories.com and turn your dream of having an audiobook into a reality.